Welcome to Ming Presents The Re-Up, a conversation with the artistic mind. Are you at your studio? Yeah, so I, I moved. I had my studio in a building in here in Brooklyn, and right before kind of everything shut down, I was, I was going to move out maybe in a month or two because uh, my girlfriend and I actually uh, kind of bought a house. So the idea was to like build out the basement while that was happening. I would still be there. Um, but with everything that went down, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to just move everything out now and just put it in one of the spare bedrooms in the house. So, uh, so it's the same. I mean, I have all, like the GIK acoustic panels are easy to take down and put up everywhere. So I feel like I'm in my studio, but I'm in my house. It's crazy. Yeah. In the new house or in your, in like a different house? Yeah. In the new house. Yeah. Oh, good for you. Where, where do you mind me asking where? I mean, are you still in? Are you still in Brooklyn? Queens? Yeah, Brooklyn. In uh, in Bushwick. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's good. My wife and I were looking. You know, I'm still in Harlem. We were looking at a new townhouse um, and like literally put an offer in, and then you know, yeah. shit hit the fan, and we were just kind of like, I'm not even sure what we're going to do. You know, yeah. it's kind of on pause. Everyone's on pause. I'm not even sure what we would do because we need to build it out. It needs to be redone and all that. So yeah. Um, but whatever. It's good to be. Pr- it's good to be at home, though, right? Yeah, it's great. I mean, it, it's not much different than before for me. I'm, I mean, I would just take the train two stops and sit in my studio for twelve hours. Now I just <laughs> walk out of the next room, come into the studio, and spend twelve hours in here. I mean, my look. So my experience was, you know, as a kid, I always wanted to have like a real studio. Mm-hmm. real room live room all that kind of stuff and i had one on 24th street for a long time before that i was on 18th street and before that i think or after that i mean 20th street mm-hmm. and and my, the the studio space got or the building got bought, sold to somebody and they you know they jacked they doubled my rent yeah and i and i when mm-hmm. i moved out of there and i moved to a third bedroom that we had in our apartment it made me feel like a little bit of a failure because I was like, Oh, you know, this goal that I had of having this separate space and going there. And it was, it was nice to have a separate mm-hmm. space, but then the comforts of being at home oh, yeah. and, and then people would come over and be like, this vibe is awesome. I love, yeah. I love writing here. I'm working here, you know, and then I have a terrorist with you go out on the terrorist and like you gain so much, in ter- <laughs> especially when you don't oh, have yeah. to pay that rent. Yeah. Yeah. That's helping too, for sure. Yeah, I mean, the building I was in was cool. There was, there was just so many people that I got a chance to, like, connect with because it, it was this, it's this huge building that's just a giant warehouse, and they, like, turned it into, uh, like, mini production rooms and, and like, uh, uh, like, live band rehearsal spaces. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was cool running into people. I, you know, that's I've been working a lot with this rapper and this, like, crew of rappers, and it's just kids I met in the elevator that, you know, I was like, let's get in and mess around with some stuff. So that's that's the part of it that I think I'll miss. But the upside is everything else, you know, like and it's the same, you know, I'll just because we have a separate entrance to get into the basement. So I'm going to build it out and make it feel like I'm walking into something else eventually. Yeah, but I like we, up here, too. You know, this is great. So we'll you see. pull the Mr. Rogers, you go out one door, yeah. put your slippers on, you come in the other door and then you, you know. Yeah, exactly. It, it feels for real. Yeah. One of the things I noticed, um, I, I guess, was maybe last year when you were on tour, and 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 this is something that I don't know that people who haven't been on tour is a concept of what it like what it's like to be on tour. Mm. But what people don't know is that 
every second of being on the road costs you money. So that if you're not playing, let's say you have, you play Friday, Saturday, Sunday, which you're mm-hmm. somewhere where you can't return to be back home, you know, you, you're stuck somewhere Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, because it's too expensive to fly back to wherever you are. Yeah. And then continue with what, you know, what's going on. And I noticed at one point during your tour, you were in Spain for a while. Was yeah. that part of like using, you know, I, you know, you have family there. So talk about that a little bit. So, yeah. So ever since I was born, I would go every summer uh, to Spain. So, and especially in August, August is like, you know, I'm, it's, we're from a, my family's from a small town in Spain and what's, what's the town? It's called Terranova. It's in like the region of Spain called Galicia. And what's up, Sigad? He's one of the, one of the rappers I was talking about before. Nice. Really, really, really talented young guys. Anyway, Terranova, hola Cristal. Um, so yeah, it's a small town and in August, it's just like a giant fiesta for, you know, a couple weeks. So once I started touring my first, my, what I tried to do at first was tell, you know, management and agent be like, listen, don't lock anything in for these two weeks. I want to go spend time there. But then now as things have, have grown, it's like, you know, I think I forget what it was last year. I'm, I'm like the one day, it's like the biggest day that I always want to be there. It's like the, usually around the 1st of August. Um, and it was, I had a, something came in that was a big gig that I was like, I obviously can't say no to this. So right. what I did this past summer that I was really happy with was, you know, if I had two weekends, I think it happened two or three times. If I had two, two connecting weekends of shows, I would just go um, and hang out in my, in my town. You know, my grandpa, my family has like a really nice house there. I, I bought a pair of uh, the Yamaha like HS sevens, and you know I bought a little what the Apollo, the Arrow, the little one, and yeah, it's perfect. So I I was able to go there. I thought I would get a little more work done, but all my friends there are like, let's go have lunch, and and you end up drinking fucking a bottle of wine, and then it's like let's let's have some after dinner drinks, and it's just especially like, in Spain. Yeah, yeah. So I had a, it's, it was a lot of fun to, to do. So that. what's the name of the festival? Because believe it or not, I was in Spain. Mm. This was years ago with my wife. We, we we traveled. We did Valencia, Malaga, Madrid, and Barcelona. Yeah. And we were we were training for a marathon. So this is this must have been like maybe around two thousand nine. But we were there, and everything was like people, everything was shut down to some degree. Mm-hmm. But we were going to all the Olympic stadiums because we had to swim. Mm. And because the Olympics had been in Barcelona not so long before that, there was all this like you know great stuff. But there was that festival happened. I think when we were there, mm. and it was this massive street festival with all these decorations and like every street was yeah. know, decorated differently. It was really cool. Yeah. So every town has their own fiestas. So it's I think there was I read a list one time just in like my part of Spain. It's something like five hundred different. Fiesta. So you can really go weekend to weekend. You travel maybe like 30 minutes to another town and they have their own version of it. Um, but the one that the one that's really special is called Ramayosa. So it's on a Saturday. Um, and what they do is they uh, I forget what time it starts, maybe 10 or 11, 11, I think they turn off all the lights in the town and people have like the main thing is like uh you know, like tree branches and they have these paper lanterns kind of like yeah, the lanterns. That's exactly what I was yeah. going to say. All the, it was then, almost like Halloween, but with like paper lanterns. Yeah. 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 So they do that. And then they have like, uh, uh, what are they called? Like, uh, uh, you create your own float. 
so my you know every like my group of friends will make a float and then like other all these different people and then you compete for like the winning prize and uh you know every year my my friends always do one and it's, it's you really just like the float is kind of just a disguise for carrying booze all right. around you right drinking. so it's, it's a lot of fun <laughs> yeah i'm really glad we have to talk about that because every you know when i noticed you hanging out in spain i was like well, first, I was like happy that you had a home base. What mm-hmm. I found when I was touring very heavily, mm-hmm. um, in the beginning, it was very isolating to me because you were in a town so short a period of time that you'd maybe have dinner with the promoter, do yeah. radio, do PR, play your gig, be exhausted, get up, get on the plane, do this over and over, rinse and repeat, right? Yeah. But as you do it for more and more years, you start to have real friends in the towns, if, yeah, even exactly. if you're not from that town. So yeah. for me, Seattle was like the first town that I started to have really good friends that like I get to Seattle and yeah. I could peace out from my group and go do my Seattle stuff and then yeah. San Francisco and LA. And once you have that, it makes the travel much more tenable than what people think it might be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. For sure. I think that was my main, I'm kind of the same way, you know, every city I would get to, I'd be like, all right, how do I, you know, whether it's the promoter and, you know that's such an important aspect of it too is is creating like those relationships yeah, that relationship and also just right. like people you want to hang out with and we're cool and you know so doing that in every city is so important for sure yeah what's up sharam yeah i mean i think hey, the, hard, the hard part about that is that when for me when i started it wasn't as big of an industry as it is now mm-hmm. so that the people that i would go to see the promoters the local people throwing the parties yeah it, they were very into it and into hanging out with you because this was like a special thing for them. Yeah. I'm going to book you to play my event. Cause I really, it's, I'm into your music and I'm into like what you're going to bring to my event. Yeah. Not to say that it's not the same now, but difference is now it's an industry. Yeah. So sometimes when you get to town, the promoters are too busy for you because yeah. they've got a million other, they've already had 52 events this year. Yeah. Even if they love you, yeah. you know, and yeah, then you're in this I, did, I see Sharon was in there. You know, I did I you know, we connected a bunch in the past and I went to a bunch of shows with him. He's one of the first people I really recognized, you know, how promoters always wanted to hang out with him and how like he really I think it was it was an important part of of his career is, you know, having those friendships and in every city. It it it's a, something super important that I saw him doing and all like you know throughout his career in the last like you know especially the last couple years but i'll tell you a quick story about that in seattle when we had a tour manager our tour manager started to started a fan club this is when i was in ming and fs and so the tour manager you know during the travel i would be like why don't you build a fan club and i'm starting to recognize people at all these different shows that were coming back around the states two and three four times i'm seeing the same people i'm like i need you to go out and get their information because they've been at the last three sh- three shows. Like, start building a fan club. So they would do that. And then what we would do is we would reach out to those fans prior to coming back then and say, hey, I've seen you at the last three shows. I'm going to put you on the guest list. Bring some people that you, that you want to mm-hmm. turn on, and I'll put them on the list for you. Mm-hmm. And thank you for supporting me when there was nothing else going. You know what I mean? Like, when you were in the, yeah. in the early days. And then those people became my friends. Yeah. Literally, like, I'd get into town and go have... You know, like one time we had a barbecue at one of the kids' houses and he invited over 50 of his friends because they were like, you know, this 
this group that I'm into is coming to hang out with us and no one thought we would show up. Yeah. And of course we showed up and then, you know, we just wanted to go hang out with, with this kid. It was a kid named Tommy and I forget what his, his girlfriend's name was. And we went and hung out at their house at a barbecue and then everybody came to the show. It was super fun. Yeah. That's you awesome. know, it makes, yeah. it, it makes a big difference. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, we want to establish those personal relationships with people. It's, that's what it's all about for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So anything interesting from that tour? So you were you were pretty much on tour until, like, when did you have to pull the plug on your dates? When when did things start oh, to sort of like? Uh, for me, let me look at the calendar. I'm so bad with dates, but I was in Barcelona, where I already kind of felt uncomfortable a little bit. Yeah, and that was March 10th. So I flew to I flew to Barcelona for one show on March 10th. And then I was supposed to go to do these two college shows in, um, in Florida on, uh, it's like the worst to the worst. Yeah. Yeah. March 12th and March 13th. And I remember it was just one of those things where I like, they didn't cancel. And I was like on the fence and, and talking to management, like the schools were closed already. They didn't feel like it was right to have, Right, if the, anymore. right. The kids can't go to classes, but I might come play a, a show. Yeah, like, so I was just, you know, it was one of those things for me. You know, I, I, we kind of took this, we've taken this really serious from from the beginning. Um, and they were cool. You know, it was one of those things like, don't, yeah, we'll postpone till the fall. So those shows ended up postponing. That was the week before Miami Music Week, and at that point, I think, yeah, Miami Music Week had already been canceled. Um, Ultra kind of canceled a little earlier and then you started to see all the pool parties like yeah just got canceled so that that was it for me which is you know such a busy week and to just go from that to to nothing was pretty crazy i mean one thing that i will say and i can i can you know it's good that i can look you in the eye and know this about you it's like you're like me you you're a studio record producer the real deal for the guys who don't make their own records which there are plenty. Mm. They go from like having this bazillion, you know, crazy tour schedule to having nothing. Mm. And then I've heard from a lot of people that they're sort of like management included. These people are really in flux because they don't know what they're going to do with themselves and they don't know mm -hmm. how they're going to generate income. Um, not my problem, but I'm just, <laughs> well, you know, like you yeah. and I, like I'm happy to be in the studio. This isn't a great time, but I'm with my family I'm in the studio making music. I have a lot of projects going on. I'm happy. You know what I mean? Like I'm connecting with people like you who I'm like, ah, oh, he's, you know, Carl's going to be home. So I'm going to like do this new thing and reach out mm -hmm. to people and, and see how they're doing. But, um, it's not that much of a change from being in the studio from, you know, eight hours, yeah. 12 hours. Right. Yeah, so it's exactly. sort of, um, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. Like I don't really feel a ton of pressure regardless. I think, um, it's a good time to just experiment like yeah. and just try different shit. Like kind of the way I look at it, it's like everything is just on pause right now. So, um, and I don't know, you know, you see those, those guys, maybe they're in the studio learning, to figure the shit out themselves. It's a great time to do that. <laughs> and if they're not, then it's, I don't know what they're doing, but, um, but yeah, you know, I, I, I love both. I really do love touring. Um, and I love being in the studio. I think the other side of it is I think some of these guys who have been ridiculous touring schedules, 
they probably needed a break, you know? I was going to say the same thing, though, too. Like, I, I want to reach out to, to some, you know, you know, guys we know like Ryan, Cascade, Aoki, mm. people. These guys have brutal, yeah, brutal tour schedules. I mean, to some degree, it might be a relief to have yeah. to be able to just be home for a while and be like, I can just chill. Yeah. I mean, there's also the other side. Some people just can't sit still for two minutes. I'm not, I, I like sitting still. I think I went... You know. Well, when I was younger, I couldn't sit still. Now yeah. I'm totally, you know, I can yeah. just, whatever. Tell me a little bit about um, night service and, and sort of how, where, did the radio show start? And first of all, night service only, kind of mm. get it. But, you know, is it just club music? Is that the idea? Yeah, so the, kind of, the idea started with the label first. Like I wanted to launch a label. And then it's a question of when is the right time? Am I at the right place where I can really start helping other artists and use my platform to kind of push them and just kind of start breaking people I like and music I like? So um, that was that was just the whole starting point. And, you know, we we're trying to figure out a name at first and then came up with Night Service Only. Um, and then coincidentally... We had already started the conversation because for me, it was like, I want to partner, you know, it was, it was a question whether I should go completely independent or if I should kind of do like what at the time Don Diallo was doing with Hexagon through spinning. Um, now he's gone independent. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. And, and the way Tiesto does musical freedom, which is through spinning. So I, for me, it was that question is like, where? you know, what should I do? And I, you know, I spoke a lot to Don about it. And, uh, you know, my whole thing was like, I'm at the point kind of where you, maybe it was already bigger, but probably, but um, like when he started Hexagon and I saw how much of, uh, you know, boost it was to kind of have spinning. And we've been doing this now for a year. Um, and I see it, you know, they, they help, they alleviate the stress of so many of the issues that come with running a label. Um, and look, you know, I have Daniel on my, on the management who has been, it's crazy. Cause I kind of, I got the best of two things where Trevor, who was doing uh, my day-to-day -day management before was really good at the marketing side. So he really helped me through the whole branding aspect of it. Um, and now the, Daniel's been on board. who has been amazing, but he has a different set of skill cells and he's really, really been on like almost like having a manager slash label manager so he's been really helping me um you know with all the releases and everything um but originally so the, the idea was i launched the label and you know we had toyed about the idea of radio show i'm like that's a lot of work i don't know um <laughs> and i think two i want to say two octobers wait october yeah, not this past October, the October before, I think I was at AD. Well, it was either AD or one of these different festivals. And I ran into the Sirius XM guys and I was like, hey, I'm thinking about launching a radio show. You know, let's do something. I'd love to have it on, on, you know, on one of the channels. And they were like, oh, interesting. Okay. And then Stephanie LaFara from, from my management, she, she reached out to them and were like, let's do it. Let's, you know, let's get them on board and it was at that kind of transition period where diplo had taken over the second right. show and um he was him and his team were like yeah let's do it 
you know, let's, let's give them a slot. So it ended up looking like it launched from a radio show first and then the label came, but that was how it launched. But in reality, it was like the idea was always the label. And then this would kind of be secondary behind it. But I'm, I think maybe it worked out better this way. Um, it's just been really happy. You know, it's a lot. I know you do a weekly. Yours is weekly too, right? Yeah, I'm on 228. <laughs> yeah. No, it's tough, man. It's, it's, it's I, so tough. I, and, I, and I'll be honest. This is, let me tell you how I do it because mm. I don't. I had an argument with somebody about promos on Facebook one day. Somebody was giving me a hard time about not going through all my promos personally. And you, uh-huh. you and I both know when you are at a certain level, the I amount through, of, I go through them myself. The amount of promos you get though. Yeah. Are oh, like That's why it hundreds. takes me so long to do this shit. So, but the difference that I do is I yeah. have a partner who yeah. downloads all the stuff. Yeah. Luis, my ma- manager partner on the, uh. on the show, he downloads everything and we already know what labels and all the stuff. He, like curating wise, we know, he knows the sound, we know what we're going for. And he helps me go through, get rid of all the crap that I'm not going to use. Then, yeah. you know, then we pick, we got our 30, 40 tracks. I throw them in logic. I do the show. I just, you know, I did the show before earlier today. That's what I was doing. Like, you know, 11 o'clock today, I put the show together, do the voiceover. And then I yeah. ship it out to all my people. Yeah. Um, but you know, people don't understand how much work it is. It's like a scary full-time job, but not a full-time job. Like it used yeah. to scare me when I was doing monthly and mm. I was being, I was, I was um, syndicated by this is distorted. And they were like, you should really think about going weekly. And I was like, that sounds like a terrible idea. But what it's done for me creatively is that I listen to so much new music now yeah, that same. I feel like I'm yeah. really on top of the pulse of what's happening in a lot of different genres that I might not be able to pay attention to if I was only getting tracks for my DJ sets and for DJing and yeah, producing. I agree 100%. I feel it's the same such, way. It's like homework that you could never even know that you were going to do. Yeah. Um, and it makes you, I think, a better, much better producer and a much more powerful DJ in the sense of like knowing what works, what works on a, on a listening platform, what might work better live. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I, I mean, I'm, on, I'm right there with you. I think it's I'm on episode 66 now of the radio show. Uh, and now I like I, well, I mean, I've been in, you know, I've got my groove going. I have my my. Uh, kind of formula for getting it done and stuff and but yeah dude I, i've never been this on top of music and what's happening and and uh yeah it's a game changer yeah for sure i mean it's, it's definitely i see it every week it's just like it's another way to engage with with people on a weekly basis you know like the way i did and still do you know there's certain radio shows you're gonna go to to see what they're playing and i think that's yeah you know, something so important as a DJ, not just going out. What I found interesting for me was the caliber or the level of DJs that would reach out to me from the shows, Mm -hmm. Um, like wanting my music because they heard it on my show. I was like, you're listening to my show. Like, why, how do you have time to listen to my show? I mean, like that was my response. Like, not like Mm -hmm. that. I, what I wasn't worthy of that. Just Mm -hmm. thinking of their touring schedule. And then, you know, a couple of guys were like, yeah, there's like a handful of shows that we listen, I listen to on a regular basis because I can't, I don't have time to do a show. So I'm getting educated on, mm-hmm. like, I listen to these five shows and these five shows give me house music, tech house, techno, 
blah, 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 right? Yeah. And then, I, you know, like other people don't know, you know, if you're not in the industry, 1001 Tracklist is a great source to find oh, yeah, the music find that, that was all, in it. All day. I love right? guys. Yeah. I mean, that's that's been a game changer, too. You know, just seeing the way they've set it up is so smart. And it just makes it so easy to just, you know, you're listening to something. And now, the, I mean, they've had this for a while, but you can kind of preview the next record in the mix just by, like, you know what you're looking at name-wise and you just click through and... Well, now uh, you can save it and you can save it to your Spotify playlist and stuff. So mm. for people who aren't DJs and aren't looking to buy yeah. stuff off of Beatport and, and TrackSource and all that, it's a great source for them to find and build their own playlists of brand new music. Yeah. You know, well, I, even, I even IDs. Quick. We, got, we got a comment. What's up, Hugo? Hugo uh super talented DJ in um, Hong Kong. Was it Hong Yeah, Hong Kong. I played... Uh, I think it was Dragonfly. No, dra what the hell was it? Oh my god, <laughs> he's a uh, resident there. Oh, nice, Super cool guy. Thanks, man. Looking Terra. What's up, Dom? But uh, anyway, sorry. No, man. That's yeah. what that stuff is. That's what that's there for. Yeah. Say hello to people. Oh, yeah. Dragon, Dragon Eye. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So it's funny sometimes. I feel like the comments are way behind the conversation. You can never tell if they're. It's like. Yeah. You know what I mean? They they don't always they're not always real time. <laughs> so what you talked about some of the hip hop guys that you you were you saying you're messing with some new guys. Mm -hmm. Are you doing productions for other people? Or are you are these just guys that like they no, just have your vicinity? You're I like, mean, so let me get down with these great guys. We kind of started with the idea of like let's just mess with some stuff. Um, and I was like, you want to you know let's come up with some uh, just some. Uh, some stuff over house beats, whatever. Up, and yeah, I room. did one thing for them, but it was like kind of not my forte. Clearly, I'm not a hip hop producer, but <laughs> one of those ideas uh, turned into Downstairs, which was uh, right. a track I just put out. Um, and it was J. Kel on it, but it was uh, two other, there's like a little crew of, of these up and coming guys, another guy's Indigo G, another guy's Sea God, and they work out of a studio and where I had my studio before called Treehouse. And they're just like, you know, super motivated, always in the studio, always working on stuff. And then, so we did that maybe like almost two years ago. We did the vocal for Downstairs, maybe maybe less, a little less. But, um, and I kind of just, I didn't know, I had a, an idea for the production and it was just kind of whatever. And I knew the vocal was strong and just sat on it. And then finally, just one of those days that it's just like, I'm going to, mess with this and see maybe today i'll i'll figure it out and then kind of nailed it in in a day or two um but before i i did that i actually i had done the track with don diablo called fever mm. um and don was in new york at the time we did the track but we had this vocal sample in there right before we were going to put it out i was like dude remember we used the vocal sample he's like oh shit that's right so i brought in uh, Jay Kell into the studio and I said let's try to come up with something um, for this track and like overnight I remember I like I you know I'm passionate about what I do obviously like but I, I don't I never felt like I had I had not worked this hard on like trying to nail a track in like you know crunch time you know in a while and it was one of those things it was like I I got he came into the studio at like 11 
um, by that point, Don was obviously sleeping. We recorded a bunch of vocals. Then when Don woke up at like, you know, whatever time it was, it maybe it was like 5 or 6 a.m. here. I had a flight at like, I don't know, 9, no, maybe like 11 a.m. or something. I was still in my studio. So I'm like scrambling to, you know, talk to Don and figure this one out. And uh, we went back and forth. We finally agreed on um, what the vocal, how it should be and everything. And it was like, I'd, I'd bounce a version, you know, the whole track we did together. You know, that's the one thing about Don. We did a bunch over Skype early on, but then everything else is like, he's in New York or I'm in, I was in, I'll be in Amsterdam or whatever. And like, we'll just cause hang out and, and make some music. So this is what that one was. But then at the end with the vocal, it was just like stress. Uh, but we're, you know, came out awesome. And, and, uh, we were really happy with it so far, like people's reaction to that one. And then, you know, obviously the J. Cal again, you know, just talking about the rappers, but that's uh, good. It's cool. You know, it's just, you know, there's just so many different, especially in New York, you know, there's just so many different influences, you know, left and right. And everyone's so accepting, you know, I think in, you know, there's especially hip hop versus house, you know, you can find some guys who are like, no, I don't mess with that at all. And it's, and, and these are young kids who just are so open to, there's so many different things and, and it's been really cool to, to see them excited about these records too, you know? So, I mean, yeah. I, I've, you know me, I've done a ton of hip hop and pop stuff. And so mm. for me, being a New Yorker, it was always kind of one of the same. I grew up, you know, with hardcore music mm. and hip hop at the same time. So they were both like out, out, you know, outlier independent music. So both were the same thing to me, mm. you know, and, and the kid, the kind of people that were doing early hip hop and early and, and punk rock were just kind of the same people. Mm -hmm. state mentality so you know i it got funny to me when eventually it started to become this thing where people started to cut those lines in between them like you know house music is not hip-hop anymore you know, all that kind of yeah I had a good conversation with junior sanchez about that about how you know some of the early house records were done on hip-hop labels and vice versa yeah you know and, gr and groups like um, the jungle brothers you know had dance cuts and everybody had a dance cut yeah because they knew in the clubs you still needed that uh, that extra that different tempo mm-hmm um, but I think young people, especially now, since everything is playlist oriented, have a lot wider mindset because they just like a song. Yeah. It just goes on a playlist. It's not like it has to be part of the 12 songs that you bought on a CD. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Which is really healthy, I think, for combining genres and coming up with new music. Yeah, you know? definitely. Yeah. yeah. So what's next now? What are you working on that you're, you know, are you... The label's rolling, you're doing all that stuff, you're working on productions now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just, you know, uh, I'm kind of figuring out what the next thing I want to release is. I just put out a club EP, which is kind of, I don't know, I, I, I had this weird gut feeling that maybe it was weird to put out a club EP when nobody can go out to a club and really enjoy this music, you know? But on the other side, obviously, just people want to hear hear these records the records i've been playing in my sets for for a while so um i put that out a couple weeks ago and i've just been working on all different kinds of stuff like obviously in within my sound whatever but you know a bunch of club stuff a couple collabs um some more vocal driven stuff yeah, it's gonna, it talks you about the vocal driven stuff because i'm i do a lot of top line writing Mm. and vocal production for people people 
however you want to call that. Mm. <laughs> we'll talk about that, right? But you know, I'm part of people's productions as the top line writer and the and the and the guy mm. who does the, the 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 engineering on the vocals, whether I'm on the track or not. And I do mm. a lot for myself. Now that I can't bring in singers, you know, and produce them in my studio, I've had to go out and kind of shuffle my deck and find vocalists who can at least track themselves well enough yeah. that I can then and bring them in and then, you know, edit them and do everything else. What is your process normally for that? And then wh how do you, how is that unfolding for you now? Unless it's one of the same. Um, I, so I kind of like to sit on vocals a lot. So in that sense, like I have songs that it's like, I know I will release I just haven't kind of figured out when or placed them yet. So I just, I'm not really, I'm, I just did like a week of, of sessions in February of stuff that like is just kind of sitting there. So it's, I've been kind of going back to that stuff, going back to these, to other, you know, songs that I've kind of written in the past. It's always, I feel like the best songs are definitely the ones when you're in the room working on them, not only for the sense that like you feel more like you're a part of it, but also it is your song, you know, you are a part of that song. Like they can't just take this song and be like, no, this is going to something else. And I think in dance music that happens a lot. You'll get pitched the song and then you realize like Martin Garrix or Alesso also got pitched that song or Tiesto. Yeah. Obviously they're going to get that song. So um, I have, I had one thing come in, my management connected me with Sage Armstrong and he sent, over a couple of days i was like and i've been working on those a lot um and it's just this kid he's like super talented producer but also like sick vocalist um so that was easy i was like oh wow this is i didn't have to do anything on the vocals like now i can do my thing yeah the production going uh and yeah that's it and then honestly just like take like again like this is a time we can use to to do things that we normally wouldn't do so i spent like an entire day just like with a 909 like the little guy and just like really learning in and out and like pro the way to process it and um like just with obviously plugins i don't have any hardware and like using like the apollo unison stuff for you know putting plugins on it um stuff like that like i want to spend a day where i just I haven't done it yet because I these live streams have just been non. I know, I know, nonstop. Um, but I want to just I want to do a, tracks with not using my computer other than just for like a sequence, like sequencing stuff because I don't have a sequencer. But just just using analog. That's something I want to do. You know, again, I have uh, Moog Sub Thirty Seven. I got the Minilog. I got Roland sent me the uh yeah, the micros head, which is amazing this guy which you got like, the, is that the 909 and the 808 or is it, uh, the, is no, the 303? The, uh, 303 yeah and then the tr8s i bought those they sent me the tr8s um i have the rolling cloud and and, and oh, i do want, uh, you know i so i did this di digressing just about roland Mm. I got hired two years ago to do a soundtrack for a, 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 a streaming only television show that was like 10 episodes. It was this, the concept was 
genres of music like people they it was called break karate it was like a karate film but everyone like they would battle break dancing and that was like the whole oh, whatever wow. it was very very campy but yeah. they wanted it to be all 90s hip-hop they wanted that yeah. sort of sound they wanted like the rawness of sort of like wu-tang and then the, yeah. all the like run dmc and all those early beats and stuff mm. um so I just got, I went on the Rolling Cloud and I limited myself to only using the Rolling Cloud for the production. Oh, sick. It was, that was it. And besides my DAW, besides using Logic yeah. to like, track everything, I was like, I'm not going to kill myself and, you know, go back to analog sequencing. But doing that, limiting myself for, I had to do yeah. 30, I did like 30 cuts for that thing. It was fun. I'd wake up every day and like do three new beats with, you know what I mean? Just like, and you know, the way that those, the, the instruments sound, yeah, it just brings you right to that time. Yeah. There's so, a, what's the big tune? The was it Roddy Rich, the Roddy Rich, the box, the E, ooh, uh, so that, the, there's like a symphony like hit. That's yeah. a big part of the beat. And that's straight from one of these roll in, like mod like symphony modules it's crazy yeah, yeah. i messed with because i use what i do use a lot i haven't recently but even before the cloud stuff came out they had like the plug-in version of the uh the sh101 so i was using that for bass a lot because it just sounds i don't know what it is it's such a simple plug-in but the low end sounds so good no it's it's yeah. just it's yeah it's just good yeah, it's and they also did a really, like, really good job with thick emulation of those, for sure. I mean, the, the, the plugins themselves are a little processor intensive, and sometimes like I have to bounce things in place to make it work. But yeah, you know, I just I have a track out today. I did a remake of White Horse, and I mm -hmm. used the three hundred three for that. For I did this whole acid line thing throughout, and I think I used um, I did use the SH one hundred one and something else from that just to give it that vibe. Mm. It's sort of like Planet Rock, 80s, but acid line feeling to it, mm. you know. It's good stuff. Yeah. I want those micros, though. What are the micros? Well, the, the little, the, the units, right? That they call uh, oh, the boutique. boutique. The boutique, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things, like, I'm sure the plug-in, like, the cloud Does version the same sounds thing. the same. I, like, do I ever really use it in a track? No, no, you know, like I'm wanted. That's kind of again, like it's just one of those things. Like I have the time now. I'm because you know I'm in the lap. Everything I do is off my laptop, so I'm here in my studio, but everything is connected to it. So that way, when I'm on the road, I'm touring. I just have everything there. I don't have to worry about it. But then the problem is, if I'm recording synths and stuff, I can't go back and like change the melody of something. So I think there was. Um, one or two tracks I've used the Moog for the bass, but other than that, just plugins, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, I sold off all of my analog stuff primarily because of the speed that I have to produce at. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't, you know, like re recalling and making changes cause you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, the, the simplest example is that you write a song with somebody and then you realize later on the key, the, the key needs to change. Mm. You need to go up a, a whole step or a half step. And then that instrument becomes, you know, ch chimpy or, you know, like yeah. a little, like it doesn't have its the, the tone anymore. Yeah. And so I hated running into that situation where I was like, I'm never going to get this sound again. You know? Yeah. 
I know. So I will do I do stuff like that more for tracks that aren't going to get messed with with yeah. songs. <laughs> but yeah, just sampling that stuff sounds good. I've been doing silly things like this is my this is my new live streaming rig. I put up <laughs> Christmas lights so it wasn't so boring. Nice. I I got some. I put I hung up black stuff in this room that I'm in because you know it looks like otherwise you're like yeah you know but what i like what what this whole thing has done for me is it reminds me of when i early raves that i was throwing mm. it was like this the little things throw up some black stuff on the walls put some lights up even if they're minimal and it becomes a different environment especially when the lights go down yeah, and oh, yeah. DJing so, and all that. i've been doing i had i bought a green screen that i had set how up. is that i haven't bought a green screen yet but great the only thing because my old my whole thing was I, I had just gotten a whole bunch of new visuals done, like SID visuals, night service only visuals. And I ran into the problem where the visuals are such high res that the file size is just massive. My computer couldn't handle well, running you the You got to kind of have two computers if you're going to do that. That's yeah. what I read. Like I just bought a 13 inch, you know, Mac Pro, um, mm. whatever MacBook Pro, mm. so that I could run the streaming stuff and all that on there. And then if yeah. I need to do other things, I have a you know an iMac and whatever. Yeah. Well, so I I was trying to run it just off my laptop, <laughs> and the but it wasn't like it ended up. So I came up because some of these uh, live streams, especially if it's for like a bigger network, what they and there's like fifty fucking DJs, uh, they ask you to send it in before, so you're of recording course. it. Like you're doing it live, but in reality, you did it like a day or two before. I actually, um, I have to tell you, I like it better because I've done a couple and, and yeah. I like doing it. I like doing it ahead of time because otherwise the whole time I'm stressing about the internet connection. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like if you do it, at least you know you have it. Yeah. But so you've been doing that. So then tell me, tell me. Hi, Zano. This guy really wants me to say hi to him. Zano, <laughs> hi. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's another dude above there who wants to submit a demo on your on yeah. your label. But if you go to his website, there's a there's a link. I know, but honestly, I'm really I'm I'm just gonna tell you right now. I'm very bad at uh oh it's Hano. Oh shit. Oh man, is it Hano? Yeah, Hano and Carol. They're really really great people. They're from uh, Dallas. Um, and uh, every time the last time I went to Dallas, they took me to their friend owns like a a bunch of Mexican restaurants. So I had like a legit um, Mexican lunch. It was so good. Do you know that that's how Stephanie LaFerra and I know each other from that, from like we would play Atlanta yeah. and she would come to a show. And then one time we went and got like vegetarian food with her and her friends. Mm. This is for people who don't know. This is the Stephanie LaFerra is the owner. I don't know. She's now she's at WME, right? But yeah. she was the owner of Little Empire who manages Sid and managed me back in the day. But this is somebody who I used to, I met on the road. She and her friends took us for vegetarian food. And that's literally, I don't know how many years it's been, but that's like, that's how it happens. Right? Yeah. And, and you just reminded me of the other Tommy and Charlene. Charlene was the other girl from, from Seattle. So that's cool. What's up, Frankie? Frankie shakes. <laughs> the talented uh, DJ and producer from Toronto slash Miami. I wonder. I really wonder where he is now. Can't imagine Miami being super fun right this second. I, you know, I get. I, it's we shouldn't digress into this, but I don't know that yeah. people are taking it as seriously as we are in New York because of the numbers that we see in New York. And I don't know about you, but I have tons of people who 
either have been sick or were haven't made it or you know so i think that that's not a reality for everybody yet in the the whole country even though the numbers are trending the wrong direction yeah i mean I, i i speak to some friends i have in miami and they are taking it serious there uh but yeah, man, it's crazy. That's a whole thing. I don't even want to. I've watched. Yeah, it's not, I don't want to touch it with a ten foot pole. I want to keep everything positive because, yeah, because because yeah. you know, to be honest with you, you know, I'm taking care of my, me and my own, and you're doing the same, and that's where mm-hmm. we got to be, and yeah, just taking it seriously. Um, are there anything you know? Another thing that I do, you know, because I do mentoring and I, I put courses together for like I'm doing a vocal production course. I'm trying to do do that. The hardest mm-hmm. thing for me is been juggling. I have kids. You don't have kids. But kids, you know, they, you have to walk them through school, especially if they're young. Yeah. They're not just going to sit in front of a computer for seven hours. Yeah, my brother, but, I have two older brothers who've been going through that. And they're like, what are these, you know, and I don't know if you have the same situation where, what are the teachers doing? They're not, they should, they're not doing live, like, Zoom classes for my my brother's kids. Like, so my brother, you know, I'm sure you, this is what you're just going to say is like, you have to kind of walk them through and, and almost be teaching them yourself like right and well my son's eight and a half so he can follow there's a there's a schedule he has certain mm-hmm. slots that he's talking to his teachers and yeah. certain slots he has independent work and then things that he has to watch and all that but i have a five-year-old daughter and she could care less yeah. about any of it because she's just like used to being with her friends she's in pre-k yeah. so she'll do a little bit of it she she loves school but she's sort of hating that but you know I, i'll be trying to record a screen flow of like vocal production thing. And she'll just open the door, walk in here and just the whole thing will be train wrecked. And I'll be like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I could edit it, but it's just always at the point where there's the, yeah, you know, and it's, so it's been hard for me to get some of that work done, but whatever. Yeah. yeah. My brother said the same. He'll have meetings and kid one because my middle brother, the second, my first, I have two older brothers. So the middle one, he has three kids. My oldest brother has four. Um, I mean, has been renovating his house, so he's staying at his in-laws. Um, and like he'd be like, "Yeah, it's madness." So I feel for you, for you guys. I don't. I mean, don't look, I'm happy. We're. Yeah. It's, it's tougher on my wife because I'm in my studio and I kind of mm-hmm. like you know she's got a she's in the where I'm in is a separate house from the the main house. It's a very yeah. small like guest house, and I just. I took the bed. There's literally a, a queen size bed that's pushed up against a wall in here, and I just brought my whole studio out here. I'm not in the city. I'm in I'm in Sag Harbor. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not. I feel more worse for her because she has to deal with them like bickering and all that nonsense. Yeah, but you know, it's been good. You know, like you said, getting back to do things that you didn't think you were going to be able to do, and you have time to like go through your sample library. Yeah. I have. I was telling Junior. I have all of the classic breaks that I sampled for hip hop. It's like 250, 300 breaks that I started to, so that what I was doing was every time that I was on a plane, I would, that would be my laptop project. And I would take the break and I would put it in like, you know, in logic and then lock it to the grid so I could change it to any tempo that I wanted, Mm -hmm. but have them all clean and like everything on every channel. I haven't finished that yet, but that's like one of the projects where you like, I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll send it to you. You can have it. Like, I was going to just make it a download for people, like collect emails or something or do like a light gate for producers who want those breaks. Yeah, but I don't even know if people yeah. know what those breaks are anymore. They don't even know. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people are using break, like breaks in. It's in house. I mean, there's tons of breaks in house and stuff, yeah. but. 
What's up, Starkbot? Yeah. Do you know Starkbot? Oh, okay. No. You know him. That's all right. You definitely know him. Philly, um, really dope producer. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, what all else? Right, I get some dumb questions for you. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give you some fa fast ones, and, and you can ignore them if you don't like the questions. And if I do it to Tommy, Tommy was super political, and I was like, you know what, I got to I got to switch it up on him. But oh, um, <clears throat> faith, faith or science? Mm, I mean, right now, science. Rave or festival? Rave. Ocean, lake, or desert? Ooh, ocean, lake, or desert? Ocean. Music or money? Music. Acid or mushrooms? Neither. <laughs> That's cool. But I guess... Uh, uh, probably mushrooms, I guess. Big room or small room? Small room. What's your superpower? Uh... I guess um, music. <laughs> <laughs> you I'm not good at anything else. Thank fucking God I can, I'm decent at making music. That'd be pretty fucked if I couldn't do anything else. I mean, you know, music is, I think, I don't, it, to be good at music means you're good at a lot of things these days. It means you're a technologist. It means you're, you know, there's a lot of stuff that, yeah. Like you'd, be, you'd be good at a lot of other things. I'm good at figuring, that's, the, you're exactly that's what, what a producer is. is. I don't really know how to do anything. I just know how to fix whatever it is I'm trying to fix, if that makes sense. Like, I'm a problem solver What that I apply to music. That's what I define being a music producer, is, yeah. is somebody who solves the problem of music and solves the problem of putting all these pieces together yeah. to get to something that, you know, is valuable. Yeah. There's a million ways to do it. They're not all correct. Wait, yeah, someone, yeah, posted, no, someone no. posted a question here. And I, do you know Volak? Volak, yeah, Volak great russian producers what's up nikki do you see progressive music dying down compared what's to up, tech house during what's the up, pandemic Hansen? no one wants to rave hard in their house jumping up what does it say i don't know about that i i i feel like we were talking about this earlier sometimes i just want to hear dirty beats i don't want to think about it too much Thanks. all right let me ask you a couple I'm more and then i'm gonna let you go oh great I couldn't hear. How do you? I think I, I, I put the question about progressive house. I had, I was thinking about this the other day. You know, for me, that was, I've been in, into dance music already for a long time, but that wave that came in like, you know, 2000, I don't know, 2006, 2007 through 2009 was a really special sound and it just kind of disappeared. So, I'm, is it going to ever come back? You know, I have friends who were like the biggest and, you know, I was a huge Swedish house, Swedish house mafia fan, huge Axwell fan. And like, but some of these guys are still kind of trying to produce that style of music. And it's like, you, I never kind of made that my thing, I guess. So I didn't, I didn't kind of get too caught up in, in trying to keep making that stuff. But I think one, the way that melodies work over that production, the way it sounds on a big festival system you can't really get with any other style of music. Like there's a, there's not trance. Obviously, 
has had a whole lot of success. So I don't know. It's one of those things I want to see it come back eventually. I don't know how and when. I think maybe you're seeing kind of a resurgence of what trance was, but now it's like this kind of cool underground melodic techno, but it's really fucking trance. Like you're listening to kind of slower trance. So maybe the same thing. Homie just texted me that we were talking to before. Yeah, I know. (laughs) And I was like, now, now I know who it is. Yeah. You know what? I don't always know people's like handles and Instagram tags and everything else. I'm like, it's if it's not in context to me, I'm like, I'm not. Yeah, I can tell you a really retarded story about having dinner with a guy that I I wrote a track for, and talking to him, and neither of us knew. Oh my! That God. we were like we were having this conversation. It was in Mexico, and I like literally, and I and I and like we were talking about it, and then he was like, "Well, wait, I'm that guy," and I was like, "I'm the." You know, it wasn't I wasn't saying anything bad. It was just that like we were talking about who yeah, we were working. That's with. funny. Oh it was total. God. And I looked. At, I looked at my manager and I looked at his manager and I was like, "What the fuck is wrong with you people? Nobody even introduced oh us." My God, the guys yeah. like, yeah, make my own music. And hey, like, Don track? just joined. What's like, up, Don? Hey, Don, how you doing, buddy? But um, that's funny, man. Like, yeah, right. Yeah. How how would you incorrectly describe your job? Uh, I push buttons. Um, I, I just, I consider, you know, I travel in cash pickup guy. <laughs> <laughs> just go to pick up money, right? What animal should survive if, if only one can survive? What animal should survive? Um, that's a tough one. I guess humans. Does that count? You can say we whatever. Will, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm we not will here destroy to judge the, the rest of the planet, but we will survive. I'm not here to judge the answers. I'm just asking a question. Uh, um, hunter or gatherer? Uh, gatherer. Um, what was the last gift you gave someone? Gave my my girlfriend a switch right before coronavirus shutdown happened. You. Smartest thing I've ever done. I tried to get my son a switch. We, within the first week we moved out here, and it was like game over. <laughs> there was no way. Um, oh, you're a New Yorker. Do you have a favorite deli? Uh, I want to say um, I'm from Li- Little Neck, which is like border of Queens, Nassau. I'm basically, I'm in Long, Long Island. Yeah. But I say I'm from Queens, you know? Whatever. <laughs> I'm from Stony Brook, Long Island, so it's all good. Story, which I am from Queens. Okay, and people are like, you're not from Queens, that's Long Island. Anyway, there's a place in, in Glen Cove called uh, Kitchen Cabaret. That is that is the most legit fucking There you go. See, if New you're a New Yorker, you, everyone's got like a I, Wait, Wait, time out, though. Cherry Valley was a big part of my life for a long time. When I still lived in, in Little Neck, and I would play in the city every... Like 6 a.m. every Friday or Saturday, I would be there. TCS. There you go. Yeah. That's how I knew you're a New Yorker. That's the New- that's your New York card. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you got a favorite metal band? No, I was never really a metal guy, man. Uh, I want to troll you right now and say... Um, uh, fuck, I can't even troll you. It doesn't I, I matter. Names. No, I don't have one. All right. My, this is my last silly question just because 
You're a big what? metal guy, right? What? Aren't you a big metal oh, guy? Oh, yeah, dude. I grew up playing in metal bands. I had yeah, hair yeah, on my ass and all that stuff, dude. Yeah. Forget, you know, I've been doing this for multi-genres. <laughs> um, what genre are the talking heads? Uh, why do you got to do this to me? Kind of, would I say rock? No. I don't know. My, yeah, I asked my okay. wife the other day. We listened to the talking heads, and I'm like, I don't even know what kind of music this is. It's yeah. just good music. Yeah. I guess it's rock. You know, the reason why I'm asking that, it came up on the classic rock Spotify uh, thing. And I was like, the talking heads are not classic rock. <laughs> you know, like classic rock is like, you know, like metal, not metal, but like, you know. Automuro. Huh? Andre, Andre de Automuro. Automuro is a, is a town right by my family's town, Terranova. And it's like the smallest town, but they spend all this money to do this like town fiesta. And it's so much fun. Altomuro. Altomuro la, la hostia. What did he say? He said, he said, Salanova. Yeah, well, it says, yeah, well, it says Salanova, but Altomuro is uh, another town too. That's What's awesome. Up, I, I got a little, well, I'm going to tell you this thing's going to end in two minutes anyway. Thank you so yeah. much for doing this. Anything else you want to add that we have, we didn't discuss? No, it was fun talking to you. Good time. Yeah, I'll, I have some questions for you offline. I'm not going to ask you them. I'll call you next week. Okay. Thanks, right. man. I'll speak to you soon. Wait, one, one other thing, uh, do Jack, just send me honestly, the best way to send me promos, just send me uh, a DM on, on Instagram. Just say, Hey, you know, check this link out and just send me links on there. I, I that's been kind of the easiest way for me to get back to you. Um, uh, someone hit, someone asked if there's any collabs without luxury coming up. We just did one. That's I know. Uh, uh, that's actually what I want to talk to you about. That has nothing to do with any of that. Cause I'm doing, I'm writing a song. I'm writing with somebody for them. Oh, cool. I want to talk to you about that because mm -hmm. you, I know you've done that. So I just wanted to pick your brain. Okay, cool. Cheers. Right, later. Be safe, my friend. Hola, Celas.